0: Totally Football Show. Today, Champions League drama. Prime viewing at Spurs with their amazing comeback and a blue-blooded battle at the Bernabeu while Liverpool see Naples and tie and now face a do-or-die trip to Salzburg. Should they sign Jamie Vardy? Because he knows all about Downing Red Bull. There's a big salute to all the midweek heroes, from Lukaku to Lewandowski, from Dybala to de Boy. and a look ahead to the weekend's Premier League action. What could be our last chance to see Unai Manuel Kike and other endangered species. It's all coming up in the Toadie Football Show in association with Paddy Power. Big hello to you, listener. Thanks for joining us today on board the pub. We have Julien Laurent. Hello, James. Hi, Julien. You're just back from Paris. Indeed, yes. You had a stint in Liverpool Monday yes. and the Goal show midweek. So a busy week. Busy, busy. Bonjour to Natalie Jedra. Bonjour. From ESPN Brazil. And uh, also here, Lindsay Hooper.
1: Shall I try an accent? Good day. How are you all doing?
0: <laughs> That's really nice. Is that Wolverhampton? Yeah. Brilliant. Fantastic. And accentastic Pat Nevin, who's been busy this week, haven't you, Pat? Yeah. Every I, week.
2: I'll try the Scottish accent. When I try and put on a Scottish accent, I get it wrong. Right. So I won't try. <laughs> OK, well, <laughs> the, accent,
0: the accent was on drama midweek in the Champions League. Eight teams now through to the last 16. Eight places still to be sorted. But um, group winners... Are Barcelona, PSG, Bayern, Man City, and Juve joining them in the next round. Real Madrid, Spurs, and RB Leipzig. Leipzig for the first time in all of their long, long history. So many big stories out there. What What stood out for you, Natalie?
3: I really enjoyed all the excitement with Chelsea. Valencia was a great match. Mm. Yeah. it was.
0: I mean, the last ten minutes we were crazy.
3: Just... Yes. It's like a
0: basketball game.
3: Absolutely, just... absolutely. 100%. But exciting the same way. Chelsea with a bit of a problem. They're defending. We'll talk more about that match, but it, it really caught my eye.
0: Right. Lewandowski was doing his Lewandowski things. Four goals in 14 minutes. His numbers this season are just crazy. He's now on uh, 27 goals in 20 matches this season. What was your favourite goal of the midweek, though, Lindsay?
1: Just because they're so unusual, probably Dejan Lovren <laughs> oh, scoring. Yeah? Really? Yeah, they're very, very unusual at okay. Liverpool. So I'll, I'll hold on to that one. Story-wise,
0: um, but in terms of skill?
1: In terms of skill, they were obviously better. Lewandowski, by the way, tweeting out afterwards, I'm addicted to scoring goals. Yeah. That's what any goal scorer wants to say, isn't
4: Absolutely, it? Absolutely, isn't it? it when's the to be Dybala, though. The Dybala... The the angle from behind, the free kick, which I don't think uh, many television channels have showed enough. Right. But uh, somehow, as as someone was filming from the stands, I believe, from the one I have saw, it's just incredible.
0: Right. Do you think there's just a chance he might be a better free kick option than Cristiano Ronaldo?
4: Let me think... Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think that, there's plenty as that well. That was pretty in that nice. Squad.
0: Papu Gomez's goal, the nutmeg and finish yeah. for Atalanta. Sarabia's
3: goal was, was mm. nice too, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like <laughs> it
0: when you talk to me like this. That whole game, Mark Yelberg saying, Was the Real Madrid PSG fixture the ultimate example of a dangerous 2 0 lead? <laughs> Real were cruising, and then Benzema attempted fate, and hey presto, 2 2 before you know it.
4: Yeah, I still, I'm still not convinced that 2-0 is a dangerous uh, <laughs> score. Was However, Olympiacos. It was for It was for Olympiakos right. and it was for Real Madrid as well. On Ph's point of view, it was a, a very good result, but a very bad performance, which sometimes happens to, to big clubs. And I think you need a bit of that now and again, where they were quite disappointing in the way they play collectively. And in the end, somehow, even... Miraculously, to be fair, right. they managed to, to get a point. In
0: terms of their bad performances in Spain, Though nowhere near the top 10 for, for PSG <laughs> as they go through as group winners. Uh, Barcelona, they did Borussia Dortmund, Messi with his 700th appearance, and his stats are 237 assists in those 700 games and 613 goals. Just extraordinary. In that group... But Match six is going to be fascinating because Messi and company will be going to San Siro to take on Inter, where Lukaku and Martinez are looking, woof, tasty, no?
4: Incredible. I mean, the, the assist from uh, for the last goal, the, the outside of the left foot from Lukaku for the right. volley from Lautaro was just incredible. They play so well together.
0: Yeah. The commentary on Lukaku's first Champions League goal was pretty incredible as well. It was, yeah. <laughs> Because you only need one striker if that striker's Erling Haaland. <laughs> he was only on the bench uh, this time round for Red Bull Salzburg as they took on Genk. Came off it, became the first teenager to score in all five of his first five Champions League fixtures. He's got eight goals so far in the Champions League this season, 27 for the season in total in 18 matches. And he should have ninth, obviously. Well, that's true, because that other goal was disallowed. And
4: Paul. the refereeing, especially on Wednesday night, was just atrocious right. everywhere. Oh, VAR. Yes. yeah, It was. It was Absolutely. a inter-VAR in that Slavia-Prague game. I mean, even the, the Lyon game, the Liverpool, even Liverpool-Napoli on the Lovren right. goal, I think there's a shot for something, but that goal disallowed for, for Ireland, the first one he scored, was just, there's nothing, there's no offsides. Right.
0: There were a couple of quite extraordinary examples where, for example, Inter had to score what they thought was their second goal yeah. and instead found VAR calling back for a penalty to the opposition Slavia at the other end and uh, in the Real Madrid-Paris Saint-Germain game as well. Hey, Jules. Yeah,
4: the push from Idrissa Gay on Marcelo, which was a, a very gent- gentle push, I thought. Even being so a PSG
0: thought they had a penalty and the red court card was sent of, off, yeah. yeah.
4: Which it, then they went to VAR, and we thought people thought that um they would rescind well, they would cancel the, the the red card but keep the penalty, and instead he went back to um to a foul from Gay
2: on on Marcelo. It, well, it's, it's nice that you actually mention when VAR goes well, so that's two occasions where it's worked to treat, so that's good news. Oh, I wasn't mentioning that in a positive light, I know you were, not I was being really ironic, <laughs> however, I think it's true. I think it's really good that they're getting it right. So
0: you're the, happy with uh, things happening than being stopped and rewound sort of 30 seconds yes. or so. Of, of if, if you get the
2: decisions right, I'm absolutely fine. We, right. we need Three it clearer, from,
1: though, with the phases yes. of play. How far back can you keep taking it? That's mm-hmm. the trickiest part, I think. Yeah. OK.
2: I've, also, the one thing, that just we get bored to death with our... Were, was it Friday last week? Friday, I think it was. And I was writing a piece saying... Do you know what? Just to annoy everyone, I think VAR's working really, really well, and I think it'll really annoy everyone, and I think when the stats come out, it'll bear me out, you know, expecting to get abuse. Stats come out the next morning. Nine percent increase in correct decisions. Bad news, guys. What's actually working. Uh, Working for what? Making more correct decisions. It's a philosophical
0: debate, and we're on different sides of it, so there's not much point getting into it. For me, it doesn't matter if the decision's right or wrong. You can't stop a flowing game and expect it to have the same appeal.
2: I think it will have the same appeal if you just watch people are still tuning in, people are still talking about it. I understand that it, it's a change game, it's a different game. I, I would ask everybody else just the same question. If you're at your job and you know something's gone viciously wrong, but they decide not to look at it because they don't fancy looking at it and you get sacked. That's not really good, is it? You should be fairness in the world.
0: Depends what your job is. If you're, say, for example, doing a production at the theatre, and they keep stopping the production every time someone makes a mistake, they rewind it a minute or two, or even have a three-minute pause while they work out. If somebody's James, that's the their best
2: key. argument I've heard against that argument. <laughs> well done. Okay. Well that is done.
0: <laughs> All righty. Well, let's move on then. After this, quickly before Pat gets his comeback in, to Spurs Olympiacos you're listening to the Totally Football show in association with Paddy Power. Wow. Saturday Spurs getting their first away win in ages under their new manager and then bingo Tuesday he gives them an actual come from behind victory. Typical da Mourinho football performance though.
1: Well the, the occasion as a whole that's what I wanted to start with oh, was you, that, with you know him. this is his first home match in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, did anyone even recognise that? I I felt like the supporters didn't. There wasn't much of a fanfare, perhaps under his instruction. I don't know.
0: There was in the media, but at the stadium, there but was
1: nothing. No, like that. It, it felt very flat, and it didn't feel like a manager's first home match. Did Did you think the same? Yeah, he was not
4: introduced, which usually for a first home game, whoever is appointed, yeah. you you know, even briefly, the uh, the speaker, the stadium speaker, brings him on the side of the pitch and said, "Oh, and you know, for his home debut." So and so, but yeah, even with that. players, and, yeah. and
3: and you still saw the the Argentina flag with Mauricio Pochettino right by yeah. Mauricio <laughs> right right behind him. That was him. interesting. That was yeah. interesting. We know yeah. we
2: know why though. It's kind of clear why they didn't do that because there was a, there was a half a chance there'll be a number of boos because a number of people who are not delighted at Tottenham Hospital that he's actually come there. So to bring him in, big fanfare, and a kind of in separate response. That's not what you want.
1: I think that performance has gone some way. I I think it was in one of the articles that I read um, doing lots of reading around this match. Um, There was, I think it might have even been in the Daily Mail and it said the relationship between Mourinho and the fans will be a slow burner. And I think that probably is the right way to address it. It is going to be a slow burner. But even talking to fans around the stadium, I was there all day yesterday uh, The general consensus was: we've got no complaints. Carry on as it is. We shall see. But clearly there was more optimism than like a week ago and so already that Mourinho effect starting to to trickle through um and Deli Ali was a was a lot of the response that I got as well and I thought that was clear in in the performance against Olympiacos that he had another revival it seemed and and that is a player that everyone's identifying seems to be lifted from from Mourinho being there well
0: having said all that 15 minutes in it seemed we'd like fast forward to season 2 of Mourinho at Spurs with him looking ashen-faced on the sideline the players stumbling around not able to to get themselves together. And, w- and then the turnaround, Natalie.
3: I think we have to be careful talking about Mourinho effect. Mm-hmm. I think people sometimes they get carried away. It's just two matches. Spurs, if you look at the match uh, like properly, Spurs made a lot of mistakes that they, they have been doing, defensively especially. Uh, okay, Dele Alli is playing better, but he he hasn't gone back to his old form yet, so we have to take it easy with that as well. I think we will see Mourinho's effect with time, but now I think it's too early to to talk about his impact and things like that. We we have to take it easy, honestly. And, and okay.
4: both both West Ham and Olympiakos are really bad teams. right? Yes. Let's, let's not forget that they didn't beat Real Madrid and and Bayern Munich. You know, it was like Olympiacos had had one point against spurs in the in the return fixture but they lost to west Ham belgrade twice i mean come on you know it's like and west Ham, just died too so but good on him i think the momentum and it was i felt it was very much the jose mourinho show once again a bit like on saturday at west Ham, before the game he stayed halfway down the tunnel when the players were warming up so fans could still see him and he could do little winks and little smiles and then there was the press conference after the game the line about amazon which Obviously, he was prepared to, you know, he'd prepare for it because he knew someone would ask, okay, what did you tell them at halftime? So, all that, which I like a lot. I think
2: he's brilliant, but he's good. He felt really much like that. You must mention his tactics, though, the okay. tactical change. It would be unfair not to mention the fact that he'd made a change that no other manager would make at that time in the match. You don't and think Anyone else would have done that 2 0 down, playing <sighs> so badly. But right? Did right. He and make- now, just tell me who would. Who's but, done it recently?
3: But did he make the right change or did he start with the wrong team?
2: Um, That's a good no, question. He's, he's done that often um, in his career. He's done it with Manchester United, he's done it with Chelsea before. You put out something, it's not working, and it may be for a variety of reasons. Sort it out, realise it's not working, and make the change uh, as soon as you possibly can. He's done it time and again. There'll be people out there listening to this and saying, Yeah, yeah, so and so did it, so and so did it. Who's done it as often as Jose Mourinho? and who's done it as often as Jose, Jose Mourinho, and it worked. So, I give him a lot of credit for that.
4: Yeah, he deserves credit, for sure. Oh,
5: yeah.
2: Definitely.
1: Uh, he, but the,
4: contrast between sorry. Sorry. The, the contrast between the first half and the second half was just incredible. And, yeah. and they also were a bit lucky in the sense that their first goal, Spurs' first goal, right. comes from a huge
0: mistake defensively. So, from, uh, that I. had a major bearing in the turnaround, as much as the swap of uh, Eric Dard to Christian Eriksson. So, we're all hungry to get a read on what the Spurs special one marriage is going to bring. Do we have any clear idea from this or is it kind of hard to tell? I think
1: it is, like Natalie said, it's too early. It is going to be that slow burner that I mentioned and we're going to have to figure out how that goes. They've got Bournemouth next in the Premier Mm. League and Bournemouth, when they played Wolves last time out, they didn't seem convincing in that performance. So I don't think we're going to really... Ascertain too much from Bournemouth at the moment they seem to be in a bit of a blip but of course the, the the game after that he goes back to Manchester United to Old Trafford we should be able to see and gauge quite a lot from that match um, I wanted to mention as well the Jurgen Klopp influence, because we discussed this just after his appointment on the Totally Football Show. It was all about Mourinho and, and the way that he's going to change and adapt his style and how he perhaps will be a bit more Klopp. Well, we saw that with the ball boy, didn't we? Because that happened for Liverpool, where the ball boy acted quickly, gave a ball um, to Trent Alexander-Arnold mm. in the Champions League. We saw it happen here at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And it, it felt like there was something in the back of Mourinho's head that was like, oh, this, is, this worked for Klopp. This will work for me. So you've got all of those images around the world now of him, you know, patting the patting the ball boy on the back, um, and and saying that he was going to go and get him down the tunnel. By the way, I hope that they extend that invite to the next match because apparently he'd gone, hadn't he?
0: He'd, yeah, they couldn't find it.
4: They couldn't yeah,
1: find I it. I would be, be heartbroken. Are? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to get you in the dressing room, but oh, you've gone. Yeah, one, yeah,
0: you've getting Is he going to get his teeth done next, do you think? If Could getting, be, it? couldn't <laughs> it? <be>. All <laughs> <laughs> right, Natalie, you're actually going along to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium.
1: Yes, I'll
3: be there.
0: For the Bournemouth match, Bournemouth, who, as you mentioned, Lindsay, haven't been in the best of form, lost their last two. In fact, in their last five games, they've only beaten Man United. What, what's, your, what's your angle going into this one, do you think, Natalie?
3: Um, I think it's... To see more of uh, what Mourinho can can bring to this team in terms of of uh, formation, because I think this is going to be interesting. The first two matches, he 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 maintained the, the same team, uh, and then he had the the switch for the uh, the the Eric Dyer Ericsson. and I don't think. I don't know if he will have a more aggressive approach against Bournemouth. Maybe, probably, it, it would make more sense uh, if you look at Bournemouth's form and their 11th at the table. And I think it's going to be interesting. And to see, of course, the, the relationship with the fans involving. That's mm. that's always something.
0: All right. Well, Spurs are through. And Man City, too, who we'll talk about a little bit later on. But to both Europa League and Champions League holders are facing a nervous wait to see if they can book up their place in the last 16. We'll talk about them, Chelsea and Liverpool after this. Natalie, you talked about that crazy game away at the Mestalla and uh, the remarkable finish. It ends up 2-2. Chelsea now must win against Lille or at least match what Valencia get. Fortunately for Frank Lampard and company, Valencia have to go away to Ajax. So still pretty confident about Chelsea's chances... Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Lille.
2: <laughs> Lille They played is, well. Lille
5: what?
4: have played well. Even on Wednesday night against Ajax, yeah. they played really well. They had expected goals really high, and they right. could have scored easily two or three goals. They could have conceded more than two as well.
0: Right, two nil. Previous clash with Valencia, they were they conceded three goals in the last ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chelsea beat them two one. There, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, no, football.
4: It's, yeah, oh, no. Ch- I know Chelsea will win and qualify. Okay. but it won't be as easy
0: as maybe. It looks like okay. Mm-hmm. Chelsea's clash with West Ham this Saturday. How easy does that look?
3: Well, if I was a Chelsea fan, I would be very concerned about Abraham's uh, injury? injury. Yes, because I think uh, if you look at uh, if you look at the team as a whole, at, at, in terms of options, uh, there's a huge gap between Tammy and the other two options for a, a centre forward. What? <laughs> <Good> on <laughs> the <laughs> World Cup winner. <laughs>
4: <laughs> this is his. Time.
3: Yes, there is a big gap because I think the way that Tengmi reads the, the match, mm-hmm. the way that, that he reads the action, it's completely different from Giroud and especially from Batshuayi. So uh, if you look at the other positions, I think it's more balanced, but in the centre forward.
0: OK, what's the difference with Batshuayi? Because Giroud, I I think I understand, because he's a big target man. Tammy's not the same kind of player. But but Bacuay, how does he fit into that kind of spectrum of of forward?
3: Okay, so uh, Tammy is the best finisher. So Bacuay is... He scores goals eventually, but he misses a lot of chances. And and the way that he sees the action, he 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 doesn't have the same reading of the game as Tammy. Uh, Tammy is more intelligent in in making movements,
1: and uh, you I can't mean, see that in Batchway. Sure, he's going to be a huge miss. But the beauty of this Chelsea side, and Pat, you correct me if I'm wrong because you're closer to the club than me, but is the options that Frank now has? If you've got a target man like Giroud or Batchway that can hold up the ball, okay, Tammy and his goals will certainly be missed. But this is. An opportunity for someone like Mason Mount to come in, and for it, for the goals to come from from that phase back in play. Um, and I would imagine that that's something that he he's got players there that are hungry that want to get some time.
2: Tammy's done brilliant, and he's going to be a phenomenal player. Um, no, I don't even go be slightly missed. And I know it sounds really really harsh, that not really bothered about it. There's only one player I would be concerned about Chelsea. Conte. Think point. No. No. can we missed him at the start of the season? He was, they did really well. Jorginho? It's Jorginho by a million mm-hmm. miles. I mean, as soon as Jorginho goes off the pitch, and against in the game against Valencia, mm. Chelsea just could not go on the ball. Yeah. And every time he's on the pitch, Chelsea control the games and make chances. And he's, I mean, he's made mistakes, but he keeps on getting on the ball. He's been absolutely astonishing. Uh, Kovacic says, "Wait for it, he scored, scored. <laughs> at last." Yeah, but he couldn't so, believe it. I think. He, um, so, it's so he's actually improved. But and and uh, Tammy's better in technical play. You're a hundred percent right. I agree with completely. But why will score goals. His yes. goals per his goals per minutes in the pitch is just off the scale still.
0: Just to mention that whoever is up front for Chelsea this week will be facing Roberto. So, you know, <laughs> yes. there's that. Do, there do, is do, that.
2: But the one if if you've not watched Chelsea recently, get out there and watch the right full-back. Rhys James, honestly, mm. just get onto this as early as you possibly can. Many people are on it already. He is a... Uh, Branislav Ivanovic already. He is one of the best crosses of the ball in English football. Yeah, he now is some are saying that he's
0: even beyond Trent Alexander-Arnold, which that's sounds
2: like heresy. For, it's an argument for it already. Really? I know that Z-H a, levels. It's... He's steady on, give him a few weeks. It's okay. <laughs> only been an Honestly, I've very rarely seen somebody walk in. There's a moment in the game the other night there, um, and he, he must have put in about seven, eight, nine really brilliant crosses between the defender and, and the goalkeeper. But he was in his own half, and you've seen some players, and please throw in names if you can. There's two players closing them down, and they've tried to get the ball off him, and he did not panic, and he went, he, he shoved them off just of to say, How dare you try and get the ball off me? He's a kid. And he is so confident. He is so strong. He's such a good player. He's going to be an international footballer for a decade. He's wow. brilliant.
0: West Ham have uh, a job out suspended. Uh, how bad is their third choice keeper? Who is West Ham's third choice keeper?
4: The famous David Martin, who's 33 years of age, who then previously played for uh, Millwall and MK Dons and was at Liverpool a long time
2: ago as well. Nice. Yeah. Right. Uh, they've, they've got a problem in goal but I think and this is heresy I can, can, I ask, can I track it around the table please right. take this away from me because it hurts me to say it now the two players they need to get out of their team and it's Yarmolenko unbelievably talented and on the other side left wing Philippe Anderson and it's a real shame because he's unbelievably talented as well. Both of whom looked electric last season. Exactly. What's happened this time around? Have they well, just fallen out of love if, with it? Do you know if you If you're not playing, you're playing with nine men. It's one of those ones. And seeing you're down the bottom of the table, you just cannot do it. You right. cannot do that. It's too dangerous. Took both of them off against Tottenham Hotspur and look at the way they get the team played after that. It, to, everyone's really busy watching Josie. Have a look at their team when those two go off. And they're brilliant players. And may I put hands up here as someone was seen as a skillful player myself. But you got to work as well. Right. And those two just do not work enough off the ball for a team that's down the bottom. Yeah,
0: especially with a fixture like this, yeah. one that uh, West Ham haven't won away at the bridge since 2002. September 2002, the goal scorers were Jermaine Defoe and Di Canio for the Hammers against the Chelsea side, managed by Claudio Ranieri. What was number yeah. one, Jules? That's right, it was Dilemma by... Uh, Nelly. Was
2: it? Oh, wow. Nelly Rowland,
0: yeah? Okay, yeah. Great song. Great song. Great Great song. Great song. Hey, meanwhile, Liverpool, that 1-1 at Anfield with with Napoli, which means, of course, that Liverpool now need to go to Salzburg, mighty rebel Salzburg, and get a win. A really remarkable story, this. Earlier in the day, Napoli's youth team had taken on their Liverpool counterparts and lost 7-0. And we were kind of wondering if something similar was going to happen between... The uh, the senior sides, Napoli's form, just a reminder. I know they've beaten Liverpool back in Naples uh, on match day one, but their form had collapsed after that. And the last Champions League game, the 1-1 draw at home to Salzburg, then saw the infamous mutiny where the players refused to go into a had a punitive training ground retreat for the rest of the week and, and and told the club. So the club responded they were going to take legal action. There's talk of fines of a third of a million euros for some of the players. All the top players have been told that they have no future at the club. And when you think of them arriving at Anfield, of all places, with that kind of breakdown between squad and management, uh, and for example, the captain in senior didn't even travel because he had a bruised elbow. I excuse not to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: That's, that's right
0: so <laughs> it it was just remarkable. But the, the the really strange thing was that they seemed very composed in this match. It was Liverpool who actually looked out of sorts.
1: They did. They didn't seem at the races for this one. Uh, there was a few things that happened. Fabinho, who's been quite key to what they do, in the same sense that you're talking about Jorginho at, at Chelsea, he got injured pretty early on. Um, and they really missed him not being part of that team. And I I felt that Robertson um, was below par, his crossing. We talked about great crossing, but some of the corners, he wasn't he wasn't actually beating the first man. Um, there were some great runs from him, but I just felt that his delivery wasn't as good.
0: Right. And, of course, they didn't have Trent Alexander-Arnold in he the starting line Yeah, liner.
1: Joe Gomez was in his place. Yeah,
0: Rue Lang saying, without Trent, Liverpool looking toothless. And hmm. how important is it going to be for Liverpool over this hectic period? that they keep him and Robertson fit.
4: I think the, without him, they average 1.7 points per game. Without Trent? Yeah, and with him, it's like 2.5. And I'm always a bit cautious about those because it always depends who you face. You know, if you play rubbish teams without him, obviously you could still win and et cetera. But I, th- I think you saw yesterday that in his absence, they, there's a lack of fluidity, especially on that right-hand side, right. not just the crosses mm-hmm. that Pat mentioned because he's obviously so good in the deliveries, but even in terms of how the, the team play collectively, the diagonals between the two fullbacks, which they use a lot, hardly happened because Joe Gomez I, I can't believe I, I don't think can do a diagonal of 50 yards so. Okay.
0: Well, you mentioned the issue of what Tammy Abraham's injury is going to mean we don't know how long it's going to be but uh, the impact it could have on Chelsea what about Fabinho going yeah. off like that Natalie yeah, Well,
3: it's bad news of course because we've been talking about how decisive December is going to be a key month for Liverpool with all the fixtures it's the first in 12 matches in 36 days and you already have an injury uh, involving a player as Fabinho I think uh, the the thing about uh, Liverpool's midfield is that uh, Jürgen, he, he managed to to create a balance there. Uh, a while ago, we were always discussing if Liverpool should have a more creative player and they don't need that right now. Uh, but it involves uh, Fabinho as well because the, the role that he plays, of course, uh, Jürgen will find uh, other ways to, to, to find this balance again. Uh, but nobody does does this role as well as Fabinho. And I think it messes up a little bit the balance that he found on the midfield. That's why it's so bad, Fabinho's injury. What do
0: you need to do to do a Fabinho? Hmm. They don't, I agree with that they
4: don't have anyone with his profile you could put Henderson there but he doesn't have the same physicality for example and even reading of the game in terms of how to break down the opposition's attack than Fabinho has Fabinho worked so hard to, to, to get in the team because club said you have to wait and learn and look and observe and then you will get in that's why he didn't play between August when, he, or when the season starts in his first season and October, October mid-October yeah. but you know with that but he was he was always very um, clear from Klopp's point of view that he was just waiting for Fabinho to learn the way they were playing and exactly what he had to do to put him in the team and he never left the team since and I think he would have to find a different way of playing without Fabinho because it just won't be the same whether you put Wijnaldum or Henderson or Milner can, Milner can there play there but it's yeah. he, he just it would be a different way of playing
2: because none of them can do what Fabinho does. It's a slightly unfair thing to say but last time we were in here I w- my argument was, and many people's argument is, just keep Van Dijk fit and you'll be okay. Mm. He was unfit for, I think, five seconds of that game. They lost a the goal. <laughs> it tells you something about how big he is for mm. them. As soon as he was slightly injured in that little tackle, the way he fell, they just were opened up. So uh, that would be a worry. I, I think they'll manage to get by.
4: But For example, the Fabinho is already off when Merton scored the goal. Uh, Van Dijk wins the header. Mm. There's no one on the second ball, and then it's a far too easy pass through to Mertens, who is who. Times he's run really well and he's on side and etc. But I, I really believe that Fabinho had been on the pitch. They would have Napoli would have never scored that goal. They might have
0: scored another goal, but not not the one they scored on Wednesday night. Pat, if you're putting Jorginho as your number one, can't lose this guy player at Chelsea mm-hmm. at Liverpool who would be top of that list would it be Trent,
2: Trent? no it's Van Dyke. Van Dijk, Van Dijk. Yeah, right, without sorry, yeah, even yeah, a second start so be Van Dyke, then Trent then well it's difficult after that I mean Alisson I, I would worry long term about Salah because there was so much you know dependent on them uh, there's a bit in me that's I'm, I'm, I'm tiptoeing away from a player you also, also have to mention Sadio but I'm so angry with him at the moment. I don't want to give him any positivity. Why are you so angry then? Because he's diving again. Uh-huh. And he's and been mentioned, Pep mentioned it the other week there. And this, don't hide it. He did it the other night there. It was horrendous. Messi died dive midweek. Did you see? I didn't we'll see bring. that one. That's yeah. unusual. Funny you should say that because that's unusual, isn't it? Yeah. It, he does throw himself to the game for Argentina doesn't tend to do it so much for The
4: Klopp has never qualified Liverpool before match day six of the Champions League group stage, right. which is a worry, especially, as we said, with a, wow. such a heavy fixture list, that it would have been so easy for them to almost put the, the B team going to Salzburg in two weeks' time and say, like, you know what, we've got so many games in the league and then the Club World Cup that we could do that.
0: They, they won't be able to do that. Well, again. we've been talking up this clash uh, in Salzburg, as being dangerous for Liverpool, and, and it is. But but they are three points clear of Red Bull. How dangerous is it? How much should they be worried after the the four three and the scare that Red Bull gave them at Anfield?
4: No, I think they will be. They will be quite cautious going there. I think they will do the job. They probably would get a draw, which you know they 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 can without problem. But the the atmosphere is going to be incredible. It's a small stadium, it's so a twenty five thousand seater stadium, but it's, it would be a very hostile. Atmosphere, It would be great. Haaland, who didn't start on Wednesday because he was not properly fit, but he would surely be fit in two weeks' time. Right. And, and I think JC Marsh is a good enough manager to find a way of causing trouble like he did in, in the return fixture to, to Liverpool. So I think it's... And again, it's the idea of you can't rest anyone. You have to play your best team mm. because you can't take any, any gambles or any risk of like... Imagine if they're out.
0: If Liverpool are out yeah, in the group stage... When was the stage, last time the European champions went out after the group stage?
4: Would it be Chelsea? After the uh, Matteo. Yeah, so they won it in 2012. And then the season after, they didn't go through to the last 16, but then went and won the Europa League with Benitez, I believe. All they right. might have been someone else since, but I think they're the last one.
0: Okay. they got Brighton this weekend. Last time Brighton, Pat, won in the league at Anfield. Do you know when that was?
2: Jurassic period?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Similar. It was actually March 1982.
1: Tight just fit. prior to my own arrival on Earth. <laughs> oh, yeah. What
0: was number one as you entered this... is uh, it Abba or somebody like no, that? No, it was no. tight fit with oh. the Lion Sleeps Tonight. <laughs> oh,
1: no. Which is nice. 82. The
0: big question for Brighton, can they get a win in a way? know, Just off the top of my head. I'm actually really,
2: I'm, I'm going to that game, so I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, just like going to Liverpool for the fact that the atmosphere is almost always brown, although apparently... It wasn't great. No, it and sounded when...
0: really flat. I mean we were watching yeah. on 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 the monitors, but it did sound really flat.
2: Yeah, which is really unusual because you always say that there's certain places on a Champions League night you just say, taking for granted, that's great. You right. know, Monaco, for example. <laughs> Maybe not. Celtic Park Celtic is one Park, of them. I Celtic was Park, I was going to say that. Right. Can
1: we talk Graham Potter's contract, please? Um, yes. Because this is. I, I feel like something must have been going on. Has someone tried to tap up Graham Potter? So Brighton have given them this six-year contract because it's, it's it unusual. stinks of Alan Pardew at Newcastle, doesn't it, when he got that eight-year deal.
4: <laughs> or David Moyes at United. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: and you think, wow, what is going on behind the scenes? Because although I, I feel that Brighton have improved, mm-hmm. they have looked pretty solid. They, they look like they could surprise anybody in this league, including the top teams. But six years.
2: Do you know, it's an odd thing. I remember someone telling me about the Pardew contract and everyone thought, wow, eight years. And then someone mentioned inside, the oh, there's a break clause, though. Which right. means it's not an eight-year contract. <laughs> <laughs> it means there's a break clause. Which uh, sometimes these contracts, uh, until you actually sit down and look at them and look at the detail of them, it's, sometimes it's a PR thing that's thrown out. Why would it. the club want it to sound like a six yeah. years? Maybe to get everybody up and excited about the fact that you know they're they're the playing. Do, 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 okay do players to get assist?
0: excited by the notion of six years with the same security.
2: manager? <laughs> security, security. <laughs> okay. Lots of people like security, oh, you know, because if you think there's going to be a change of manager every year, say you're in the team and you think the managers in a kind of sticky wicket you know there's an uncertainty there because a new guy might not like you uh, mm-hmm. there's that uncertainty get rid of that but it does seem a bit odd six years <laughs> it's a strange one not <laughs> no least idea. because if he does go it'll mean a very
1: well that that and exactly. you have to think of those knock-on effects for a club because brighton although they're going well this season let's not even say next season the season after they they could feasibly be in a relegation battle it's a club that wasn't expected to be in the premier league after so long away that the the knock-on, if you had a huge payout, mm. could be massive. Because
2: uh, if every single time a manager walks into your office, if you're doing an executive role and it's in a new contract, the first question is, what's the payoff? That's nothing else about the length of contract or anything else. That's the first question with him and his agent, right? So if you say uh, it's a year and a half's worth of money or two years worth of money or years worth of money, you can talk seven-year, ten-year contracts all day long. The payoff is sorted and that's done first. And we all read these things, it's a six-, seven-year contract... In reality, it's just not like it. It really isn't like it. It's all that.
0: about what you get when you go. Exactly. Because so, you won't last six and years. And
2: you need a good agent. And if you've got the best agent, who clearly is Josie Mourinho's, because uh, I worked out the other day, he's been, the, when he was Chelsea twice, Real Madrid uh, and Manchester United have paid him £64 million to get lost. That's sixty-four wow. million quid to get that's lost.
1: Huge money. <laughs> I mean, just g- to go give away. The,
2: the, <laughs> just out of interest, do you think that's why he
0: usually spends the, the second part of his stay at any club being as ab, as obnoxious as possible? I know that's why some <laughs> players do. It. That, really? that is
2: quite a com- common thing with players. You 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 basically want the next payday. So you, you hassle out to get your move so you can get paid up and get the next payday. That's, that's
1: quite common. In wow. terms of managers under pressure, though, do we think, I did ask that question, do you think any of these clubs mm. had been slightly tapping up Graham Potter? Because you've you got, I perhaps wouldn't be the fit, but you've got Unai Emery under pressure. You've had Ralph Hasenhutl at Southampton. The, we were talking about Watford, yeah, Everton, several managers. West do you Ham. think there was someone cr- creeping around?
0: Very possibly, because those are all clubs who are eyeing up Uh, the man on their bench with big question marks in their minds. Let's talk about some of
5: those clubs, Lindsay, after this. I'm José Mourinho. I know a thing or two about being special. Getting a road named after you in your hometown, special. Winning the daily jackpot on Paddy Power Games, not special.
0: Understood, José. Yes, someone wins an average £40,000 jackpot every single day. So if you win, don't think you're special. Daily jackpots by Paddy Power Games. Jackpots must be awarded by 11pm and vary from day to day. Jackpot is shared with other operators. Available on selected games. T and seats at paddypower.com. 18 gambleware.org
6: On Spotify, smart speaker and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Football Show
0: from Muddy Knees Media. Thursday morning and uh, as we speak, Unai Emery, Marco Silva, Kiki Sanchez, Flores and Manuel Pellegrini are all still in charge. But a uh, situation pending at a lot of those uh, positions, not least at Everton, who, like Liverpool, are battling for the championship. And uh, this weekend, they are at Leicester. Leicester? Five wins in a row. Best defence, second best attack. It's phenomenal, isn't it?
2: Do I have to talk about Everton <laughs> now? To some degree, I was up at the Everton game against Spurs, the one with a horrible injury. Um, and that is the ugliest game in just about any way you described this season. Which game it was that? Oh, uh, Spurs came up yeah. uh, oh, right. against Everton and it was, apart from the fact that for 18 minutes it was so horrific, it was just awful. It was, you're half asleep for the, the vast majority of it and the fans had just chucked it. Did you see,
0: because there were some suggestions that they'd given up on even booing but they'd certainly... No, they had. They've got their booing back on this last weekend for the defeat uh, against Norwich.
2: Yeah, they, they feel as if... I think they felt, the, a lot of the fans felt, look, it's going to happen now anyway, he's going to right. get the bumps, so we don't need to worry about it too much. But they're really, they've been pounded into a kind of a torpor and it's horrible to see it because you know having played there for years I know what it can be like it's the play- and they're just waiting for something to get them going just and waiting
0: for David Moyes to make his return
2: the amount of Everton fans that say to me anyone but David oh, which I'm geez. gutted about I'm, I, I'm excuse me when you're biased hold your hand up I'm right. biased he's a mate of mine right so I'll say that um, he did amazing he did amazing if you look at the over the period of time hmm. he did better than just anyone else in sort of recent history right you have to always keep that in perspective Okay. For me,
3: it's really hard to understand Marco Silva's work because when you talk to the players, they like him. They like the, the way that he works. They say that he's a guy who studies, who brings details to, to training. Uh, so it's really hard. And it's kind of frustrating because I had expectations uh, seeing uh, a guy
1: such as Marco Silva really delivering in, in a club. But things are looking pretty... marquee players aren't though and I wondered Pat whether there's a situation similar to the one that you mentioned with West Ham where you said about Jan and Anderson and them having too much freedom not actually tracking back I think you could level that perhaps at Richarlison certainly at the moment perhaps take away the perhaps take away perhaps you know why I say that because I watched him against Wolves and he was brilliant absolutely brilliant but yes the rest of the time you could level that at him Um, and Sigurdsson as well
2: that's upsetting that one That's very upsetting because he's a fabulous player. And if played in the right position in the 10-roll, you know, all the pieces are there. The pieces are all there forever. And that's maybe what's more upsetting than anything else. But Rich Allison, even his own, not only the opposition fans, the opposition players, but now his own teammates as well as his own fans are saying, please stand up. Stop throwing yourself at the ground every time anyone comes near. Yeah, and it's getting really annoying now because when he does stand up, he's a hell of a good player.
3: That's a problem that many South Americans have because it's it's I'm so. Happy you said that. It's it's <laughs> it's true because it's cultural. in 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 South America, nobody blames anyone for diving. It's 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 really cultural. It's it's really uh, strange for a Brazilian journalist and me or any other Brazilian journalist to see how how much people talk about diving here because in in South America it's completely normal. But you do have to adapt. I've heard. Uh, I was talking to Fernandinho one day, and he was saying that uh, whenever players come here, uh, we need to like stand up, stop diving. It's it's bad here. I, you need to go through this, and maybe Richarlison needs to go through this as well. He likes Marco Silva. He worked with him. Natalie, at a why is it
1: not bad in Brazil? <laughs> it's cultural. <laughs> it's I don't know. It's why?
3: part of the game. It's part of the hmm. game, honestly. If you see a Libertadores game, well, and, and it, it doesn't annoy you, you're not like get up. Sometimes it does, but it just becomes such a part of the game that it just goes through. Greatest yeah.
0: dive in in football history that would be Rivaldo at the World Cup, no?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: With the the blow to yeah. his head, it was Turkey, it, it, it yeah. Turkey, yeah, when, yeah, yeah. And, I, yeah and if you
3: if you ask Brazilians, they will say that Argentinians they do it better, right. the, the diving thing, or yes, worse. yes, yeah. or, or worse in this case, yes. Okay,
0: <laughs> um, Everton, you mentioned all the play, uh, pieces being there; they just need putting in the right order. Anyone who does come in and I'm not sure who Everton fans would like would it be Mikel Arteta will pick up a club who is only four points off the drop but equally only six off uh, fifth place and we're in November so there's a, a season that can be rescued there
2: who do Everton fans want Pat? Um, I think you made a point Arteta's probably the head of the line that most of them said he obviously he's played at the club before the style that he's worked under he's worked under, worked under with Pep Guardiola he's got that experience at Arsenal all that stuff is in his favour as well but at the moment there's a lot of Everton fans that are just think We need to change. We need to get something new. And even if it's a short term manager, because they've tried a lot of things that have been long termists in their attitudes, there'll be a long queue for that job. There's enough players, as you say, all the kind of all the players are there, capable enough squad to get mid table and above. But on top of that, they know they've got owners that have got money to spend. That's a good job to get. All right. Well,
0: also potentially considering a managerial change meanwhile are Arsenal. It would be my tip, I think, for the David Moyes appointment. That's my information on that. I'd go with that one too. Yeah, yeah. That it's a natural be fit. That'd be amazing.
1: David Moyes, put that one out there. Unai Emery six years, six on year
0: borrowed year. time. Yes, at the Emirates, Jules.
4: Yeah, of course. I mean, he's not... They still support him. That's what I was told. The club taught. do.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they obviously know Big the results petition the, this week from, the, uh, from, from supporters.
4: Yeah, no, I think that, yeah, the fans are not happy. Unai Emery is not happy himself. Right. The people at the club are not happy. They just think that... Form can improve, maybe results have to improve. He will get the it will get the sack if nothing improves. Uh-huh. But you know they think that. But between, it's still not
0: a short-term change. You think?
4: No, I don't think. No, not right now. But then if they lose if they lose against Frankfurt on Thursday night, if they lose on Sunday at Norwich, right? You know things are going to get really really unbearable for him as well. You know not just at board level. Right. Fixtures
1: are favourable at the moment. Yes, that's why I think well, they way
4: up to up to City on December the fifteenth. OK. They have, I think, five games now, two, three in the leagues and two in the Europa League, where it's the games that, I, if you look at them on paper, they right. should they should win and they should play better than what they've done. OK.
0: Although Norwich, not looking quite as easy a fixture as it did a short time ago, they won at Everton last weekend. They've got Cruel back.
1: They're starting uh, to get some players back, yeah. 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 But the,
2: the thing that got me about them, and it really confused me, I was at the game at uh, Watford, and they left Cantwell on the bench. And I'm right. going... He is your one creative force, and you left him on the bench. And it didn't seem there was anything lacking in his fitness. He came on, and he changed the game, and he looked much better. He goes and plays against Everton, scores, plays brilliantly. It, it, he's fantastic, and him back is going to make a big, big difference. But and if you're like, Arsenal, you've got to win that one. Well, have you? Well, you've got yeah. to think you can yeah. win that one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But see, we say favourable fixtures, which is exactly what just came out of my mouth. But if they do lose any of those favourable fixtures... It it means that it's probably curtains. I I think that draw against Southampton, had they lost that, there might have been a temptation to try and find someone quickly. But I think with the fixtures they've got now, maybe we'll... I Get mean, that's Christmas. the thing,
0: Lindsay. As you say, they just took on another of the teams in the bottom three and very nearly lost. And that was at home. Away to Norwich while they're recovering from their jet lag from the flight and all that kind of thing. Who knows what could happen at Carrow Road? I'm calling this one as a really <laughs> risky fixture for Arsenal. And by the way, the
1: manager who Stop they have. It. Sh- <laughs> I was getting into that no, I was, I was I'm, I'm happy no, no. with David Moyes Jimbo <laughs> we'll talk about David Moyes Allegri we could throw that in oh, there that's why nice. you're yeah. such
2: a big fan you're trying to move the conversation oh, yes. away Anyone I don't but. want any
1: of this I don't want any of this conversation coming towards Nuno at Wolves go away no, Everton Arsenal really has he been hey, linked a, with the Arsenal oh. that's
2: a thought James what do you think of that
0: that, that would, would be an idea, amazing yeah. uh, any club would be oh. delighted to get a hold of uh, Nuno at Wolves but what, what's the situation there is he on a six-year deal how, how easy would it be to <laughs> he's very happy away? is he
1: I, i'm confident that he's extremely happy with the project at wolves
0: all right well we'll talk about that wolves project and what awaits them this weekend after this hey listen i hope you've been enjoying this uh Thule football show so far still loads to come we're going to talk about couple copa libertadores natalie very excited about Flamengo winning that uh, jules <laughs> You're all up about uh, the Euro draw that's on, on, Saturday. on Saturday. It hasn't it happened is. yet, so it's going to be interesting to hear your thoughts on... Yeah, because
4: France will be in the group of death. That's right. much So they're in part two. So Just win. by
0: being in it, it's the group of death.
4: Yeah, because they, you don't expect a team like that to be in part two usually. So, you know, they will have to play England, Germany or someone like that. All right. Sure.
0: Here's another thing we should mention. Pat, you've been nominated for an award. It's the Football Supporters Association... Pundit of the Year 2019. Ooh. All right. Nice. The... I think it's a typo. Well, the... <laughs> the competition for you, Pat, in your category, there are other categories, including best podcasts. Uh, but anyway, the, uh, the competition for you is Gary Neville, serial winner, Gary Neville. Ian Wright, who's currently going hungry in the jungle. Alex Scott, Andy Hinchcliffe and Jamie Carragher.
2: That's why I think it's a typo. All right. Because I'm the only one that does need do a telly. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. Yeah, no, Lindsay,
2: I- you and I will both be there. You're going to yes. be... The uh, voice the, of God. The announcer
0: for the FSA you awards. Too. Yeah, oh, we did wow. this last year. And, uh, it was, it was a I'll great link-up. Um, handing out the the awards. Is for that a good best name? It's a terrific night. Yeah, huh? yeah. I, there's always a special moment for me when I hand out the podcast award to ah, yourself.
4: To, to, <laughs> no, 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 no,
0: that's the problem. No. That is the problem. No, it's nice to meet old friends. And uh, anyway, <laughs> if uh, if you have a view on uh, how the outcomes of the various categories, like male and female player, and all that kind of thing, should go, listener, then do get along to thefsa.org and cast your vote. You have until Saturday, the 30th of November, to do it. FPL Doctor, hello to you. FPL Doctor says, read those Nuno to Arsenal rumours. Even as an Arsenal fan, I can't see why Nuno would swap. Wolves have money and long-term vision. Arsenal have neither... Huh, how about that, Lindsay? Mm. Wolves this weekend also have Sheffield United.
1: Yeah, if you saw the press conference in the lead up to this match, Chris Wilder was saying how Sheffield United would be delighted if they followed the Wolves project and actually managed to replicate what what we've done. Um, It has been a a superb couple of years at Molyneux, I have to say, and, and Nuno is key to all of it I'm, I'm convinced that we, we've got to with all of our might hold on to him uh, for dear life and Chris Wilder I think is just as good a manager in fact let's deflect it onto him why all isn't right. anyone talking about Chris Wilder well let's for these talk jobs? about
0: Chris Wilder Natalie you saw the Blades in action against yes. Man United last Sunday yes,
3: yes. and I, I think it's funny how some people uh, underestimate Chris Wilder's work uh, they say they he can be a little bit of old fashioned guy in terms of, of choices and tactics and things like that but if you see Sheffield United playing and they are very organized, they're very aware of everything that they need to do on the pitch. And uh, the fans just adore Chris Wilder and he has a, a big appeal with the players too. So everything's working really well for Sheffield United. And who would have thought that
1: this match was for top six place? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's that's, what, that's what that's what it's being billed as now. It's you know, whoever wins this will maintain their spot in the top six.
0: So Wolves the best of the rest after the top four currently. There's that massive gap of seven points between Chelsea in fourth and wolves in fifth, and then a point behind them are Sheffield United tied with Burnley and Plucky Underdog's Arsenal.
3: Interesting to think Sheffield United at Europa League. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Burnley have been in it. Yeah. Could be again this time. Affected them badly, though. Wolves are in it right now. Yes. In fact, right now, they're probably in Braga.
1: Hopefully getting one point or more and then being through. But that's the same for Braga. They just need one point as well.
0: All right. Well, if everyone's sensible... Could Nuno and his mates mate. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs>
1: surely make that happen a, a okay. player that we're missing oh, yeah. for this one um, on Sunday against Sheffield United is uh, Romain Saiz who's been quite key he's been a player that Nuno's gone to a lot in the absence because Ryan Bennett's still out uh, so you do think that someone like Max Kilman might come in and that might be an area what that what position
0: are we talking about this
1: is in defence right? and this could be an area that Chris Wilder looks to exploit because it's not a setback three you know when we've had um, Bolly back in the side yeah. as well so uh, Chris Wilder I am a little bit fearful because he's, he's a great tactician and at home, you know, we don't want to be beaten at home. Well, if, it was, if it was away, I would say that Sheffield United would be favourites going into Sheffield this. Sheffield
0: United but. have one or two doubts of their own over, well, at least Mousset, for example. Yeah. You know, who's, but Raul Jiménez
4: has been playing so well hasn't in either. the last few weeks. It's wow. fantastic.
0: It is great. Uh, do you know who else has got a bit of a trip in the Europa League Thursday night? Man United, that's whom, who have a round trip to Astana. That is 7,500 kilometres. It is, yeah. Oh, my word. When they get back from that, they're going to be at home to Villa. That's Sunday afternoon. Villa?
3: Yeah, but... About Man United, yes. Uh, most of them will rest because from the 18-man squad oh. that, uh, that, that is travelling, are 14 teenagers. So oh, really? Be, yeah. They're just
0: sending the kids? Yes, yes,
3: yes they are. Oh, ten ten that, yet actually. to play for Man United. So. so it'll
0: actually be a really rested Man United first team.
3: Exactly,
1: Sunday yeah.
0: afternoon who take on Aston Villa. Villa, who themselves uh, played, well, Monday night. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they played well as well. They ended a Newcastle. run of three
0: straight defeats with a victory against Newcastle. A couple of set pieces.
2: I love watching them. I love their attitude. Um, they've got the players. McGinn, I kind of almost look at him as a, an adopted son. You know, right. he's a fabulous, fabulous player. And you can't help but love him for his attitude. But Hurrahan, Grealish, Grealish, Grealish has been brilliant season, as well. Just the way they play football is a joy. I'd be devastated if they didn't go in a bit a bit of a run now and get away from that kind of relegation area. I think that's so a fabulous why, team to
0: watch. Why are they down there alongside the Everton's and you, West
2: Ham's? <laughs> I wish I knew. I think somebody. I've watched some of their games. To be honest, you give them three more points and they're up my table, right? Well, that's There's been the thing. a lot of games. Yeah. The, the game like they lost to Arsenal, did. for example. Exactly. They, it's a
4: game they should have never lost. Right. I think they were a bit naive. Maybe I think they panicked a little bit when Arsenal came back. And right. it's that kind of Premier League experience that not many players in that team would have had. You know. Enough, maybe, and I think their learnings. It's a learning curve.
0: Let's move on because Newcastle, fresh from that spanking away at Villa Park, will be back home at St James's on Saturday lunchtime. The uh, opening kickoff of the round in which they take on Man City sounds like a tough fixture. A, eh? but who won this one last year, Natalie? It was the Magpies. 2-1. I Wolf. was there.
3: Were you yeah. there? Yes, I was there.
0: What was that? We've talked about big atmospheres at ground. Yes. What was that like?
3: Yes. No, it was amazing. Uh, and it was really remarkable for Pep Guardiola. He mentioned this match a few times because after the Newcastle match, he would never guess that City would, would start uh, a run of, of wins and win the title. He said that recently. And uh, it was a tricky match. Uh Fernandinho did a penalty. He he didn't do well, and he he was doing well at the, in in that season. Everything went wrong for for right. City on on second half.
0: Did you did you see much of City's game midweek against Shakhtar Donetsk?
3: Yeah, I saw some of what it. Did,
0: what did you make of it? Because they seemed really flat in that game.
3: Yes, exactly. I think we had high expectations in terms of performance, especially attacking. Uh, but d- didn't quite fulfill our expectations. I, I don't know. Uh, Gabriel wasn't in his best form. I think he he performed better in in other matches. And there is this expectation around him now that Sergio Aguero is injured. Mm. So so yeah, it was a bit flat. You're you're absolutely right. He had
2: one of the the worst displays I've ever seen from a fullback at that level of football. Angelino, uh, ah. he's playing left back Um now. Help me with the history here, because as someone who played in the wing an entire career, I'm looking at him thinking, "Are you actually having a laugh, mate? That is not where you stand. You don't actually seem to know where to stand when the ball." This is the Liverpool played. game. Uh, no, no, the Shakhtar game. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Bad okay. defending. Bad defending he, he, from he, him. But was, uh, uh, he could no help whatsoever. But Pep's all about positioning. I know, but Pep was actually over the other side. This is on the far side in the first right. half, so Pep couldn't get the information across. Him. And what was intriguing, and I, I, I asked Natalie for a help a little bit here. Shakhtar had two players on the right wing, Tite, mm-hmm. who's a young, young Brazilian, and yeah. uh, Dodo, Dodo. Dodo. And the pace of them too, and they were up against Angelino, and he was just absolutely all over the place. They could have scored four or five goals in that position in the first half, and did score the goal in the second half. They've got a massive problem at left-back Manchester City, and everybody's got to see that now. Right. Newcastle have
0: pace, don't they? Alan yes. Saint-Maximin.
2: Saint-Maximin. Yeah. That's what you he's got
0: him, yeah.
4: And he, the skills—he's very, good. very, very skillful. Trick, you know, tricks and stuff. He's just—he's not sure. He's just not sure yeah. what to do exactly with the ball. So right. he tries a lot of things. <laughs> he's a very, very entertaining player to watch. Yes, he's a lovely kid. He's a lovely kid. He used to play with a Gucci uh, headband. Nice. back in France, and the Premier League banned him
0: from using it. No, yeah. So
4: now he's using a normal black, because he's got obviously dreadlocks.
0: Okay, he might yeah. have a rainbow one this weekend. Cause Maybe, it's yes. yeah, yeah, true, yeah. Nice. That
2: would be great. I have a suspicion he will score goal, score goal of the season this season. Because I wouldn't be surprised it, 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 When you say goal surprises. of the
0: season you mean the one goal of the se- his yes. one goal of the season No no
2: every because he gets close right. to, to scoring the goal of the season most weeks okay, and then blows it right at the end Right, yeah. but one of these weeks he's going to take it round five and then yeah. smash it in yeah. the top yeah. corner <laughs> it's going to be great
0: Will Miguel Almiron ever score? He's now on 22 shots this season oh. without scoring of course he I know. arrived oh, January I, feel for him. I know I feel for yeah. him He was I so think, good in MLS Isn't
1: he one of those players that you really want to do well? No I don't I like kid. him but
0: I don't want you don't like him no I do like right. him but so why don't you want him to do well because that's that's, that's his Paraguayan. role in the story is to <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, yeah yeah of course yeah it will come to an end all those I don't know curse stories. I don't think he'll ever score there he's not a goal scorer I mean he's called in MLS he's not, uh, he's not you know, he was he's a player He's not an MLS he's a creative player first and foremost he's the playmaker so mm. you know it's not like if he was a striker who used to score 60 did, goals a season did
2: he, did he play football or futsal no no he a, looks like a futsal player really and uh, that sounds like a really derogatory thing it's not it is towards
1: MLS but 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 he
2: he plays like a futsal player Mm. you know so the skills are absolutely brilliant Mm. so I can see that yeah yeah. and there's other leagues that he can move to that he will be utterly brilliant (laughs) well football leagues as well and some European leagues he'll Mm. be brilliant right but you're looking at a Premier League and not sure it's ever going to work. Really, okay. there was
1: another stat doing the rounds from one of your contributors. On the it might have been either it was either Daniel story or Duncan exactly. Alexander, yeah, and they were talking about Sterling yes. and without Aguero, and that there's this big myth that people think that without Aguero, Sterling mm. doesn't perform as well. But apparently, I, I can't remember the exact stack. I can't remember the exact stat. It was something like 49 of the 63 goals he scored of being with Jesus. Right. Something like that. Well,
0: what I can tell you, Linty, is that uh, Sergio Aguero, although a big absence for Man City, has only been involved in one of their last 16 goals.
1: Well, that just usurps it, doesn't it? We'll Does just it? stick with yours. All right. Okay?
4: And Sterling hasn't been that great in the last three games anyway. Yeah. Chelsea, but Liverpool. Yeah.
1: And I'm thinking of sticking with him. Shakhtar. All right. So, oh. just on,
0: a, on a numerical point of view, that Magpies win last season in this fixture, they had two shots, scored from both of them, and 27% possession. So, easily replicable as a performance. Yeah, but the manager has changed. That's the big problem. Ah,
2: Do you know what? Nobody's really hammering them that much. I mean, the villa was at 2-0, but before that, they're they're kind of well-structured, well Was it two wins?
0: before Uh, that yeah and West Ham
2: the West Ham get the win Mm. Uh, look they're not brilliant they can't score goals they've not got a striker that scores goals it's a real shame it's going to be a real problem for them but actually they're well structured now
0: for the moment anyway they are above the likes of your your Aston Villa and Everton and West Ham and that Uh, we'll see what happens after this weekend which also sees uh, Burnley all the way up in 7th place taking on Crystal Palace Burnley coming off back to back 3-0 wins the Eagles currently struggling only one point from the last 5 matches for them, and also, Saturday tea time, a battle of the bottom two as Saints take on Watford. Just one win in nine for Saints, but they looked really dangerous against Arsenal, and they've got better fixtures coming up. Danny Ings. Mm. Hey, Jules. Yes. Danny Ings. Yes.
4: <laughs> Danny Ings, was scored and mm. did well against Arsenal, who is actually in a good form. I mean, this... That was all my theory uh, when we did the fantasy football podcast last week is that every chance comes to him because he's the only one who can score goals for them. So right. they, they have creative player or enough creative in, in Buffal when he comes on, in Redmond, obviously, and, and the others. And, the, you know, that could have a positive impact, I think, on There's Ings.
1: Southampton players play fantasy league, by the way. I was talking to Jack Stevens this week and he said he's putting Danny Ings in his team. They have a little Jules put it
4: in last week. I got a message from Jimbo saying you're incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I sent that to him, most weeks to be I sent to him, and so are you, because he brought in Raul Jiménez.
0: Yeah, Poulos which is kind sports. of obvious. Well, oh, that was obvious. Well, let's yeah. not do fancy chat. There's a podcast yes. for that. But Jules there, brought him in and he repaid you with his sixth did, door indeed. in six fixtures. Troy um, Deeney could be back in the starting lineup, which would be huge for Watford. And they need a result because after this game, they've got away at Liverpool... Leicester, and then home to Palace and Man United. Aye, 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 aye,
1: aye. You should also point out the fixtures, the other side as well for Southampton, because
0: dead easy, aren't they?
1: Dead easy. And you think that this is a huge defining period for the club because you've got Watford, Norwich, Newcastle, then away afterwards, and and of course home form hasn't been good for Saints, so that they need to get that confidence boost by winning at home. Very,
2: very true. Can I wind up a player, Nicky? I'm here to wind up one or two players. Okay. The only players I get annoyed with are players that are very, very good. Players that are underperforming because they're not trying hard enough and not right. doing the right things. I give you Jared Delafeu. Honestly, okay. I watched him the other night um again the Watford against Norwich game. And there's very few players that do this in world football. Uh every time he makes a pass, he stands. Doesn't do anything, he stands. He doesn't go and make a move for his mate, he doesn't do a one-two, he doesn't he plays a pass and then he stops and he stands there for five or six seconds. You should be fined for that. There are games you do in training where if you play a pass and then if you play a pass and then don't move, you get a free kick against you. It does it all the time, and it's the most self-indulgent thing. And unless your name is um, Ibra, then I don't think you're allowed to do it. Super.
0: Let's now get the odds on some of those Premier League games this weekend. Here's producer Ben speaking to Paddy Power.
6: Thank you very much, Jimbo. Lee Price from Paddy Power is on the line. And, Lee, let's talk about the big game this weekend. It's the battle for fifth, and it's surprisingly
5: between Sheffield United and Wolves. What's going to happen here, please? God, I don't want to write Sheffield United off, but our traders appear to have. Wolves 10-11 to, to win this. Sheffield United are 16-5, and the draw is 23-10. I wonder if Nuno will be in charge for this game. It's odds on that he's the next Arsenal boss, with Unai Emery under massive pressure and 1-2 to two to the next Premier League boss to leave. He may already have.
6: Well, you just mentioned Unai Emery and Arsenal there, Lee. Um, Marco Silva at Everton and Pellegrini over at West Ham also in enormous amounts of trouble. But what are the odds, please, on Arsenal, Everton, and West Ham all getting a victory this weekend?
5: <laughs> well, let's start with the positive one. Arsenal are odds-on favourites to beat Norwich. They're four to five to do that. The other two we're less confident about. Everton are four to one to Leicester, who are the eight to thirteen favourites there. While West Ham are nine to one. To win at Chelsea, who are one to four to get the three points in that game, put those three together: Arsenal, Everton, and West Ham, all to win. Unlikely as it seems, eighty-nine to one.
6: And finally, we never talk about Burnley. What are the markets saying, please, about Sean Deitch's men scoring three for the third game running when they take on Crystal Palace?
5: <laughs> right. So no, okay. Burnley actually to score three goals isn't a crazy price. Um, I thought you may have been joking, but it's nine to two score at least three goals in this game. That could be a lot longer. And both teams are odds-on to score here, so it could be a bit of a belter. We make the Clarets' favourites win at 6-5, to Palace at 12-5. to
0: You can find out those odds and more at paddypower.com or the Paddy Power app. Prices are accurate at the time of recording. It's over 18s only. Terms and conditions apply. And when the fun stops, stop. Now, uh, there's a Totally Football League show out at the moment, which is a pretty Leeds-heavy edition. Uh, but they've got some chat in there about Middlesbrough and Ipswich and apparently what is the best meat to have for a roast dinner. If you don't fancy that, then there's always the offside rule, which features, Lindsay, you chatting to John Barnes.
1: Not me. This oh. is Kate Borset, ah. um, who I do the podcast with. So she went up to Liverpool. Um, and from what I gather, mm. it was a very lengthy chat, well, which has John's had to lo- be John's really lo- condensed. Yeah,
0: he's a loquacious fellow, but a guy with uh, a very original line of thought and a, and a mm. lovely chat as well. Okay, well you can find out all the details on the offside rule and that's out at the moment? Yes. Good. Tomorrow. Oh, okay. If but it's yeah. If it's tomorrow where you are, listener, <laughs> then it's out. Alright, Natalie. So we had all that chat about Stadiums, and incredible atmosphere, and that. Yes. And you must have been thinking, these people—they should go to South America <laughs> and check out some real grounds.
3: It's completely different, yeah. Right. I know. I, I try not to compare because it's—it's uh-huh. it's just different.
0: What's the loudest? What's the loudest venue you've ever been to in, I don't know, Brazil?
3: Oh, in Brazil.
0: Because I mean, on. we had the Monumental in Lima hosting the Copa Libertadores yes. this this last Saturday. Yes.
3: Yes. I, I, I covered a match there once uh no it's a it's interesting stadium and uh libertadores is always something it's completely different atmosphere even compared to the brazilian national league or the Argentinian national league libertadores is something else and uh we were expecting a, a, a amazing atmosphere not expecting how the the match turned out to be uh flamengo were considered favorites favorites i i, I don't see uh, why they were so favorite because River has been doing a long-term job uh, with Gallardo the, the manager for a very long time mm. uh, but uh, Flamengo he they changed everything and they are changing the, the, the standards the patterns uh, in Brazilian football because today uh, you see Flamengo and no team can compare in terms of club management uh, signings uh, they are very organized now Flamengo used to be known as a very disorganized club in general it was everything was a mess there and now they're completely the opposite. They invested in a manager that uh, it was out of the the choices that uh, clubs usually do. They they usually go for the same Brazilian managers, and they go they went and pick uh, Jorge Jesus, which was amazing. So he brought new ideas to Brazilian football, and it's it's very well deserved. Well it's, done for Flamengo. It's it's
4: very much a European team, more than a South American yes. team, and I think the World Cup. Um, the Club World Cup mm. final will be Liverpool-Flamengo. There are, there's no way they, they're not going to qualify. And I think that would be a very interesting, very interesting game because mm. I think in that final, maybe seven of the 11 Flamengo players had played in Europe before. To yes. Not not all to the top top level, but so a lot of them are very much like like Felipe Luis, like Felipe Rafinha Luis, for example. Yes. I mean, Gabi as well, mm. Diego as well. So it it would really feel like a, almost, like, in a way, kind of a Champions League match for Liverpool.
3: And of course, George Jesus, because yeah, he Jorge
4: managed to, the yes. manager. Yes, so
2: it's, it's I mean, an incredible end to the game. Anyway, I mean, Some people might not have watched, you know, found out what happened at the end of the game, but it's a stunning end to the game. But the bit that got me, I'm going to cheat a little bit on you here because I did look it up. What's the last Brazilian team to actually win the Copa Libertadores and their own title in the same season? It's so unusual because it's a long time since, you know, Brazil haven't been winning that competition that often have. A, a Copa uh, of Santos? The Copa Libertadores. Correct! I believe in the year I was born. So that's how mil- many millions... Good lord, lord. <laughs> it was that, <laughs> team. was that was Pele's team. Good lord! <laughs> it was
0: Pele. Because that was kind of interesting as well. They picked up the the uh, Brasileirao title the, the next day. Yes, because yes without they playing. They, yeah. D- yeah, they
3: weren't. Yeah, they weren't playing. Right. Yeah. That's, so happy happy weekend for Flamengo. Will they sense. beat
0: Liverpool? Do you think in Qatar?
3: Oh, they are highly motivated. And I think motivation is a big factor here because I know World Club Championship is not a huge thing for, for European sides in general, but it is a huge thing for, for South Americans. So the, the motivations are just...
0: And, and they
4: won't play. Liverpool
0: have, as we said,
3: yes. you know... Yes, season's over in Brazil. Yeah, I
0: don't know if that's a good thing to have that long. When will the game be? So late December? So mid-December, yeah, mid-December they Mid-December, will go there and have yeah. semi-final. Yeah, the, right, the, the so it's the final about three weeks 20th. at least without playing. I'm not uh, sure if that's an advantage.
3: No, I think it is because it's it's, it's been a long season yeah. for Flamengo, right. so they, 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 they will need some rest, yeah.
0: Okay, all right then. Now, uh, that's almost it for today's edition of the Totally Football Show. Pat, uh, I know you've got a gig tonight. Where are you off to?
2: I'm going to call it CAS, cigarettes after sex. Oh, right, then. <laughs>
1: Great. All
2: right. <laughs> I love
1: how many gigs Pat goes to. Pat goes to gigs all the time. Lindsay,
0: on the other hand, has promised she's going to finish off the show with a very special fancy dress story. Oh, God. So if you love dressing up as much as I do, listener, you'll enjoy this from Lindsay
1: Hooper. Oh, no, this is because you talked about fancy dress earlier before we recorded the show. What did I
0: say about fancy dress?
1: Somebody dressing up uh, as a Simon, bear. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And that was before we recorded and I just said I have got a good fancy dress story. This was told at my friend's wedding. So, Anna, shout out to you. When I was at university, um, my friend Anna turned 21 and she had a fancy dress party and everyone went to something beginning with A. And I was an astronaut. I had tinfoil and a, and a goldfish bowl around my head and there was animal from the Muppets and adamant and people like that. Oh. And we had a house party, but uh, I went to Loughborough University and it's a it's a university town, so there's not much going on there, but one nightclub. And we decided we wanted the party to go on. And I'd noticed when we moved in that there had been a car parked next door because we were next to just normal neighbours, residents, but we were in a studenty street. And it said 24-hour taxi on the side. So, um, it's Saturday night, we know that there's no way we're going to get a taxi just on a whim. But I notice that the car's on the drive. so it's about half ten and I knock the door and um somebody comes down in their pajamas and i realize oh no 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 they're in their they're in bed um so i said oh it's no sorry it's 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 fine leave it um we just thought that because it says 24 hour taxi we've got three journeys it might have been a bit of money for you uh, going into the the nightclub it's my friend's birthday anyway um this wife in her dressing gown gestured to a husband and he ran out And I went, oh, no, no, I I didn't want to get you up. No, 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 it's no problem. So he pulls the car out and I send the birthday girl in the first car. So she goes off um, and I'm organising locking up and I send the second lot off. And then um, I get a text message saying he wouldn't take any money. And I thought, we've got, we've we've woken him up. We've got to give this man some money. So I'm a student and I've not got very much, but thankfully I had a £10 note extra. So I had that in my pocket, locked up, final one, get in and can't see a metre And he drives. So he's done three journeys there and back, probably taken about 45 minutes. Um, And as I go to get out, he goes, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I went, no, no, no. And I thank goodness threw in this extra £10 note. And the next morning we're all hungover and we get up about after midday, as you do as a student. And my friend who was the birthday girl said, we've got no milk to get some teas, do a round of teas and coffees for everybody in the morning? Would you mind just walking down to the shop? Absolutely no problem. So I walk saunter down, go and get the milk, come back up, just glance at my neighbour's drive and see 24-hour plumber. He's
2: not a taxi driver. (laughs) He
1: wasn't a taxi driver.
2: So why did he give you a lift?
1: Because he was the kindest man on earth. (laughs)
0: <laughs> also, um, I mean, I've got a lot to... Uh, I've got loads of questions. A lot of questions. You know, Maybe you do too, listener. But what does this have to do with fancy dress?
1: Because I was dressed as an astronaut. You have to also have the image that he's taken this pile of people dressed as an right. astronaut, Adam Ant, animal from the Muppets. Right. There was Anastasia, lots of different fancy Okay, well, dress. I
0: mean, plumbers are a famously nice bunch, but that's probably the nicest <laughs> plumber around.
1: The nicest plumber.
0: Right, and his wife.
1: Oh no, I know, bless them. Did if they remember that, that story, in your Did photograph memory is
0: clearly very good. <laughs> right. it, it was,
1: it was, it was just that standout moment yeah, where you're never ta- going to forget.
0: Twenty-four hour like plumber, plumber, not plumber. taxi,
1: not taxi. Is,
2: right, is dressing up a big thing in Brazil and things like.
1: Oh yeah, yes, so, you have. Yes,
3: we carnival. have carnival. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but right. I always managed to avoid it. Right.
0: <laughs> So there you go. On that note, many thanks then to Lindsay and Natalie, to Pat and Julienne for being Cheers, with us today, a new listener. We've got another show coming up on Monday looking back on all the action, so do make sure you join us for that. In the meantime, have a great weekend and goodbye from us all.
6: You've been listening to The Totally Football Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddynewsmedia.com. Keep up to date with everything across our Totally Football network at The Totally Show on Twitter, and make sure you check out our brand new website too, thetotallyfootballshow.com.